0: Well hey, again, thank you guys so much for being here. You guys are awesome. This is a pretty cool place to be on a Sunday morning and we're super stoked to have each and every one of y'all. If you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Elijah. I've got the amazing opportunity to be the youth pastor here at Home Church. And yeah, hey, yeah! Um, And it has been literally the greatest thing ever. I I love our kids, our youth are amazing. Unfortunately, a lot of them are on spring break right now, so our youth section is a little bit smaller than usual, but you guys are still amazing. Thank you guys so much for coming here this morning and supporting your youth pastor. I appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. But a little bit about me, um, again, I'm the youth pastor here. My name is Elijah Pibus. I am 20 years old, um, fresh out of high school, graduated in 2020, <laughs> um, and God is good. Praise the Lord. Um, before we dive into what it is I believe the Lord has given us for for me to say to you guys. Sorry, bear with me. I'm also, this is my first time with the headset, so I talk with my hands a lot, so I am loving this whole freedom thing. I'm still learning how to talk like a normal human being, so bear with me. Um, <laughs> if I talk really fast, I apologize. I'm used to talking to teenagers, and I gotta, you know, I gotta be quick, or else it, it lights out, bro. It, it gets going, and <laughs> I can ramble forever. So um, before we get into Today's thing, I've got the opportunity to announce something really, really awesome we're doing here at the church. Um, We're calling it Kaya, or come as you are, Kaya for short. Um, It's an event we're going to be hosting here in April, so it's coming up really soon. Can you believe it's almost April? Or not almost April, it's March, but like April's almost here. Spring is just around the corner. It's super exciting. Um, But we'll be starting on April 3rd, and some of y'all, or most of y'all probably asking, you know, what's Kaya? Well, let me tell you. So back in September, um, this was an event we did for our youth ministry. We called it Come As You Are. It was a worship night and it was probably one of like my favorite experiences ever. Um, it was super cool to see all of our teenagers really take charge of our youth ministry. Come and worship God for like an hour and a half. It was amazing. Um, we had our biggest night to date. It was like 45 teenagers that came And we actually invited another church ministry that came and worshiped with us. It was super, super cool. And lives were changed. We had salvations. We had rededications. It was amazing. And afterwards, we were like, we have to do this again. This was awesome. So me and Pastor got together a couple months ago. I was like, hey, what if we did this for everybody? Because, you know, Jesus isn't just for the teenagers. He's also for the old and the young and the the middle-aged and the super old and the super young. Like, Jesus is for everybody. So we're like, you know what? Let's do it for the entire church. So starting in April, April 3rd is going to be the first day of this week-long thing we're calling Come As You Are. April 3rd will be what we call Kaya Day. And that will be both me and Pastor teaching from the stage about what it means to come as you are. And it's gonna be really exciting. We're super stoked. We're gonna like decorate and stuff. It's gonna be really cute. We got a couple surprises for you guys along the way. It's gonna be amazing. This is a huge opportunity for us to reach new people, reach those that maybe don't know who Jesus is or maybe haven't been in church in a while. Huge opportunity. It's gonna be awesome. And then day two of Kaya Week will be April 6th. That'll be a Wednesday night. And this is special to me specifically because our awesome youth group were like, hey, what if we had... Our youth service for everybody so for that wednesday april 6th the youth ministry will be open for all ages so everybody's invited it's gonna be awesome you guys can come and see what a whole youth service is like it's gonna be literally if you have not been to a youth service in a while dude it they hit different they're super fun our kids are awesome they're really gonna take charge and knock this thing out of the park Um, i'll be teaching that night it's gonna be great we'll also have water baptisms at the end of service that night. So if you've been looking for, looking for opportunity to get baptized or you know someone looking for opportunity to get baptized, bring them April 6th, it's gonna be great. And then the final night of Kaya week will be April 8th and that'll be a Friday night and that'll be our Kaya concert. So we're gonna do just like we did last September and have a whole worship night. It's gonna be epic because our home church worship team is kind of epic. They're amazing. We love our home church worship team. They do a great job every week. Um, and Pastor Josh, bless him, he's, he's put together a really nice set for you guys for that night. It's going to be amazing, and let me tell you what. Obviously, you're not going to miss anything, but that night, there's something about worshiping for an extended period of time with all your brothers and sisters in Christ that just it feels, it feels good. It's really fun. So I would encourage y'all to invite people. It's going to be amazing. Y'all aren't going to miss a single thing. It's going to be great. So without further ado... Um, I'm going to get into my message. You guys ready? Yeah, word. Okay, okay, word. Um, so initially back, uh, you know, in the a while ago, pastor asked me to talk on this date, March 13th, and that was like before Christmas. He's like, you want to talk on March 13th? And I was like, sure. And I was like, I got plenty of time. And then it dawned on me last week that that was today. <laughs> So I was like, I really got to figure out something to say. And I was like, you know what? Honestly, we've got this really cool event coming up. I feel, I feel led to talk about Kaya and what it means to me, and what it has meant to our youth ministry since we've kind of used it as like our, our coined phrase for who we are. And as I was sitting at my desk for, you know, because believe it or not, during the week, We like actually work in like an office and like we have like an actual job to do when you guys aren't here. Like I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, I gotta figure out what to say. Um, And for whatever reason, I was having like a really hard time like building this message, and I couldn't really pinpoint why. And I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, All right, Lord, I need, I need the message, bro. I need like the most life-changing thing ever. I need like the world to like burst into flames after I say, like I need it to be like amazing. Like I need the word that's going to like change everybody's lives and like brand new stuff that's never been heard before. And so I'm like start writing stuff and taking notes and you know blowing my own mind I think or something right. And then like the next day I like threw it in the trash. I was like this is stupid. Why am I doing that? (laughs) Because my first draft was like I was sitting there reading it, and I started to realize that, like, it was literally just stuff that, like, I was just projecting. It wasn't anything from here. It was just me being me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to let Jesus do his thing, you know? So I started over. And honestly, if you had come to, like, our Thursday night rehearsal, our uh, worship team was like, Elijah, what are you doing, bro? They, they were, like, very supportive. They're like, Elijah, you're doing awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great word. But I felt so lost. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about And praise the lord i got home this weekend and um i had the house to myself and i really just buckled down and i believe the lord has given me like a really good word and i'm really excited to see how he uses me to give this word to y'all so today we're going to be talking about kaya the heart of kaya and what kaya means to me and what it will mean to you guys moving forward all y'all say kaya kaya Kaya, word okay we're gonna be saying that a lot between now and april so kaya is the winning phrase um Today we're going to be talking about two different types of people. And this is, isn't like me, you know, like, I'm not being, you know, like, you're this person or this person. This is just two types of people that I have seen um, in my own walk because I've been both of these people at one time. And the first group of people, we've got a cute little table for you guys to be put up behind me. First group of people is people that are comfortable with where they're at and are no longer looking for what's coming next. And the second group of people is people that hate where they're at, but are comfortable in their suffering. And everybody goes, "Mmm, yeah. <laughs> um, I was sitting here thinking about like Kaya and all these things. That song we sang, that first song we sang is called um, Ready or Not, and the very first line is, come now as you are or as you want to be. And this is how I kind of labeled these two groups. The first one being those that are comfortable with where they're at are no, looking, no longer looking forward to what's coming next. They need to come as they want to be. And those that hate where they're at but can't seem to get past their situation need to come as they are. And this is going to make more sense as I keep talking about it, I promise. Um, but this is just what I was seeing. And I had a couple of examples for both. First being, I'm going to talk about this first group of people. Uh, This first group of people, you know, I'm not not trying to be that guy. How many of y'all have, like, been in church for, like, a long time? Like, I grew up in church, and I'm 20 years old. I've been here pretty much. I was pretty much born in the church, you know. Like, you know your Jesus stories. You know, like, Noah. You know Moses. You know, like, all the things. Um, Great. Like, good Christian people, amen. Praise God. Come to church every week. Let's go. And over here, what, what if, like, these people on the second half, need to come as they are that maybe haven't been in church as long or maybe you just don't know as much like biblical information. Um, Like if I were to say like the name Boaz, how many of y'all would even know what I'm talking about? See, I don't even know, (laughs) I couldn't tell you the story of Boaz, bro. Like I, there are still things I'm learning. So these are people that need to come as they are. These are like the people that, oof, these are like the people that like have God figured out. You know what I mean? Like, They've come to church. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm, I'm going to come full circle here in a second. I'm not saying you guys like, are bad for like coming to church and doing your thing. That's awesome. I love each and every one of y'all. Y'all are amazing. If you guys didn't come every week, we wouldn't have church, you know? Well, I mean, we still would, but it wouldn't be like cool and in this building and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? What I'm saying is, if we're not careful, we'll come to church every week. We'll come to church every, every year. We'll do the church thing we we'll read the word. We'll know all the things. We'll say, praise God, hallelujah, wave our hankies and get crazy. But if we're not careful, we'll stop pushing into what God has for us next. And we'll get settled in our church building and won't keep looking for what's on the way. And I, <laughs> I got a couple of examples. Some of them you're going to be like, what are you talking about? Others, you're going to be like, oh, that's good. So my first of which, um, I got the really awesome opportunity to go on a missions trip a few years ago to Los Angeles, California. Um, Yeah, it was fun. Uh, We went to a place called the Dream Center. It's a really cool ministry. Um, Hunter Morris went. Sarah, where's Sarah at? Sarah went. It was a lot of fun. Um, And for one of our, like, trip days, the days weren't, like, you know, doing the Lord's work. We were just kind of, like, hanging out because it's L.A., and L.A. is cool. I really like cities. Um, We went to Rodeo Drive. Our our awesome pastor took us and, like, let us go look at all the cool shops that we couldn't afford. And... (laughs) um, they had like, they had a Gucci store there, right? And like, I don't know if y'all like, like, I I really like fashion. I like clothes. I like, you know, aesthetics. I don't know. I I saw the Gucci store. I was like, Hunter, we have to go. (laughs) So pastor like kind of let us do our our thing. And so me and Hunter are like, all right, we're going to go. So I was like, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be life-changing. We go into the Gucci store, right? And it's 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 pretty sweet. It's like a spaceship. Like you walk in, like there's like a bunch of weird glass like things everywhere. There's like a bunch of cool lights, and they got like like waxed hardwood floors, and like it's like the bougiest place I've ever seen in my life. There's like no price tags on anything because I'm pretty sure you had to like trade like your right arm for like a pair of socks if you wanted anything. Like it was it was wild. And so me and Hunter are like poking around, looking at all these things, and we start walking up. There's like multiple levels to their store, right? And I walk up these stairs. And on the walls and like their stairwell like this like really like light red velvet like weird like thing on the wall so me and hunter are like (laughs) like walking up the stairs like running our hands on like this like omega expensive building and just living our lives and we get upstairs and like they have like all these really cool like outerwear like sweatshirts and like coats and stuff so like any like self-respecting you know shopper me and hunter started trying these things on (laughs) started like yanking off these coats and putting them on like over our clothes. I don't know if any of y'all been on a mission trip, but you don't exactly take like your best clothes that go on these trips. So I'm wearing like sweatpants and like these beat up strews and like this crappy t-shirt. Can I say it? I said crappy. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Um, (laughs) I want to hear about that in my meeting tomorrow. (laughs) Um, I'm wearing like this dingy t-shirt and like sweats and I'm putting on like these like $1,300 like sweatshirts and me and Hunter are like taking pictures in the mirror and like you know living our lives and I kid you not bro it was like like the Gucci like secret service there was like this dude he had like he had an earpiece in he had like a whole like three-piece suit he's like standing there he walks up and goes hey <laughs> and me and Hunter are like what he's like take that off and we're like why and he's like bro he's like you can't be wearing that and i guess he got the vibe that we couldn't afford it or anything so we're like you know what fine so we're like, we put it back and he goes back into the shadows and then me and hunter start trying on other coats <laughs> taking more pictures <laughs> but the moral of the story is me and hunter so that was a really long convoluted story but here's the point me and hunter we are living our lives bro we were having we're making memories we're doing all the cool things we showed up and I'm in my comfort zone. I like clothes. I like shopping. I was like, you know what? This is like top tier for me. This was a really good church service for me. I really enjoyed where I was at. Later that week, me and Hunter went to a place called Skid Row in L.A. It's like, like the poorest of the poor. It's like the biggest homeless community like in the city. There's like rows and rows of homeless people and like living in tents and like this really bad environment. Me and Hunter... Got an opportunity to go and just be a light in a dark place and like give granola bars and like sodas and stuff to these people. But had me and Hunter stayed at the Gucci store, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to finish the Lord's mission he had for us later in the week. Had me and Hunter stayed in our awesome church service that we've gone to week after week after week and stopped pursuing God past our now, we wouldn't have reached those people later on you know what i'm trying to say here's a more uh biblical example you guys know the rich young ruler the story of the the, the yeah okay so if you don't know the story i'm gonna do my elijah paraphrase uh, we talked about him actually the other week um in youth but basically it's just, it's this guy he's probably my age or maybe even younger the the bible just describes him as the rich young ruler and he walks up to jesus and he's like hey jesus like. I've done all the things, bro. I've, I've kept the commandments. I've followed the rules. I give to the, like, I do, my spiritual resume, you know, is awesome. I've done all the things right, you know. And Jesus is like, that's awesome. And uh, the rich young ruler is like, hey, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like, that's great. You followed all the rules, that's amazing. Um, I want you to do something. The rich young ruler is like, what you need? And Jesus says, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, come and follow me. And sadly, the rich young ruler, the Bible says he walked away sad because he wasn't able to do that. See, because what I'm seeing is the rich young ruler was comfortable with where he was at. Following the rules wasn't the sacrifice for him. Giving up what he had, giving up his, his finances, whatever, that was, that was the hard part. And sadly, he couldn't give that up to follow Jesus. Coming to church every week isn't the hard part for you and I. The hard part is taking that and applying it. Giving up how we feel or what we think about throughout the week when we're not here. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to come as we want to be. And that means coming and expecting God to move each time we show up and not getting in this place of contentment with our current circumstances you know i'm gonna give it one more example and we'll talk about the other side um we have a group of really awesome prayer ladies where's where's like a miss uh miss jan and uh miss francis and our token prayer man uh, mr lee where's mr lee at he's epic yeah he's awesome so we have this group of people that come in every tuesday morning and they come and pray over the church uh, they pray over, like, our pastors. They pray over, like, you guys, believe it or not. They pray over, you know, the whole thing. And they came in Tuesday, and I'm at my desk, you know, like, pounding away at my keys trying to figure out what I'm going to talk about on Sunday. And they go back in their prayer room, and they're, like, praying and stuff. And I'm sitting there, like, in the zone, right? And I think it was, was it, was it you, Jen, or was it somebody else? Someone came out in the office and was like, it was Teresa. She's like, Elijah. And I was like, she's like come here and I was like yes ma'am like I'm not about to say no to my prayer ladies you know like they they had something to say so I was gonna be there um they're like hey they were like come here and I was like amen let's go um so we go back in the the prayer room and they pray over me they're like hey we want to pray for you for a second so they pray over me you pray over the church pray over you guys pray over all the things and after a while you know, it was kind of like that little bit of lull and you know, like you said all the things you're kind of just waiting on the spirit to move and uh miss jan was like i feel like we should worship god and bless her heart she starts like singing these songs and stuff and it's really sweet a really cute moment for me because i'm sitting there just watching and I- i'm gonna like keep it 100 with you guys she started singing these songs i had no idea what these songs were i never heard them before um, mainly because i'm you know like 12 years old and i don't know if they were like all before my time but i didn't know the words Okay. Yeah. So I, I was born 10 years later, so, um, (laughs) but like, it was this really cute moment and I'm sitting there thinking about it. And I was like, it made me think of a song that we used to sing back when I was in kids. So I guess it's like, you guys will probably know this. It's like, it's the joy of the Lord song. It's like, it's like, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. No, no. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where down in my heart. Down in my heart. Yeah, you know that song? So, <laughs> and then we think, you know, like we, we, we grew up like singing these songs and like I remember that now and I probably sang that when I was like two years old, you know, like it's come this long way. It's been like ingrained into who I am. And, you know, we've come to church for years and years and years and learned all the things. We know the stories, we know the verses and stuff. And we can say, you know, we can crochet on our pillow, the joy of the Lord is my strength and we can go out and sing the songs. But when was the last time we went out of our way to be nice to somebody else? or went out of our way to invite someone to church outside of our comfort zone because it's become it's become almost second nature not in the sense that you know like we're like you know you know always doing all the right things the rich young ruler wasn't technically doing anything wrong he was following the rules he was coming to church every week he was doing his thing but he was no longer looking for what God was going to do next We'll put up, we'll shelf that one for like two seconds. We're talk about the other half. Those that need to come as they are. People that are hating their situation, but are content in their suffering. If you guys remember last week, um, Pastor told a story about ranch. You guys remember that? Told a story about how we asked for ranch and the waitress never brought it to us. Um, believe it or not, uh, Pastor Jeff is actually my father. I don't know if you guys didn't know that. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, it might be hard to. I mean, I'm so much better looking, you know. So like, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I I love my dad. My dad is awesome. My my mom as well. She's she's great. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're going to lunch, and we're uh, we're sitting there, right? And like he said last week, I needed some ranch for my fries because I can't eat them dry because. You know, that's why would you do that? You know, it was crusty potatoes. Um, So I was like, you know, I like, can I get some ranch? And the lady's like, sure. And then, you know, like 30 minutes later, I'm like halfway through my crusty fries and I haven't got my ranch yet. Um, And I was upset. I was like, because I was telling them, I was like, I never got my ranch. I was being a little two year old. I was like, Mom, where's my ranch? (laughs) And uh, my dad was like trying to like flag her down, and I was like, "No, just don't say anything. Don't say anything. It's it's whatever. Just 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 don't don't worry about it." And so I finished my fries, <laughs> and uh, we finished uh, lunch or whatever. And like she brings the check, and she charged us for the ranch, which I thought was absurd. <laughs> but I was sitting there thinking about it, and I was like. I was pretty, because the fries were like, all right, but if I had the ranch, it would have been a lot better, you know? And was I upset I didn't have my ranch? Absolutely. I was outraged. I was getting ready to burn the place down, you know, write a bad Yelp review (laughs) and call the manager over and be like, fire this lady right now. Um, But I wasn't angry enough to do something about it. I wasn't willing to be like, hey, lady, where's my ranch? I hated what I, what I was doing, I hated eating my dry fries, but I wasn't willing to take the steps necessary to get what I wanted. I'll give you your, your, your biblical connection. You guys remember the, the Israelites, God's chosen people, who were in slavery for years and years and years, for a long time, and the uh, story goes... Uh, God delivers them out of Egypt, out of slavery, and they're on the way to the promised land, you know, the land flowing to milk and honey, you know, praise God, Canaan's amazing, let's go. They're super excited to go, they leave Egypt, and they're bawling, they got all this money from the Egyptians, and they're, they're killing it. And then, like, the first minor inconvenience comes up, and it all goes out the window. It's immediately, it's no longer, oh, we're going to the promised land. It's, man, I wish I was back in slavery, because at least then I had something to eat, You know? And so they end up wandering in the wilderness for, the Bible says, uh, 40 years. I'm pretty sure. Um, Fact check me. 40 years? Word. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And they're in the wilderness, and they're wandering around, and the Israelites, they go through all kinds of stuff. A lot of which, like, some of them didn't even make it to the promised land. Moses himself didn't get to go in because of the stuff that he did or some mistakes he made. What I'm seeing here is the Israelites... Obviously, they were upset. They raised all their complaints. They were like, Moses, we're hungry. And Moses is like, God, please, God, please send them food because I cannot stand them right now. They're being annoying. And the Israelites Israelites are like, you know, they're upset. They're hungry. They're like, I want food. And so God sends them manna. He sends them quail. And, of course, Israelites being the Israelites, that wasn't enough for them. They are like, okay, well, your, your bread from heaven was great, but I'm still hungry. And so they throw it all away. They start worshiping a cow. It's it's a wild story. They do all these weird things. But they're in the wilderness for 40 years. And the sad thing is, it's totally avoidable. Had they just saw past what they were going through right now, their current hunger, and said, you know what, God, we're going to choose to trust you instead, the journey could have been made. You know, They wouldn't have been stuck for so long. They, they obviously hated, they were very vocal about the fact that they hated, you know, what they were getting. They hated where they were at. They hated the food they were eating. But not enough. Because they didn't get, you know, the, the, the following Jesus part. That part to them was, you know, they wanted the now. They wanted like that satisfaction. And what I draw that to is, you know, these people, I say these people, People that need to come as they are, or Kaya, you know. They're a lot like the Israelites. Or they're a lot like the ranch situation. These are people that are going through things that they, they're probably fully aware that it's bad for them. These people are like struggling with addiction or uh, depression, anxiety, uh, fear, anger, sadness, whatever it is, fill in the blank. They know it's hurting them. But for whatever reason, they've convinced themselves that they are not worthy to get to what God has for them so they're content in their hurting. They don't want to be there. Nobody wants to be, you know, stranded forever. Nobody wants to be in the hole of depression or struggling with addiction. Nobody wants that. But it's hard for them to get to the place where they know that God's forgiveness covers that, you know? If, if I look back on my life, and I'm not going to like go into all the, the details because if I do, we'll be here till noon tomorrow. Um, but if you know, I'm going to I'm going to keep it straight up with you guys. If if you know who I was, you know, three years ago, four years ago, you'd be like, you have got no business being on that stage right now, buddy. Because I was I was living my own life. I was, if I'm, you know, honest with you guys, I was like, I was struggling. I was, I grew up in church. Like I said, I was pretty much raised, like my parents were, my parents were the good Christians, bro. They, brought, they had me pretty much in the nursery, but like I was in church all the time. And um, praise the Lord, my dad got the awesome opportunity to become associate pastor at the time when I was like 12 years old, I think. It's pretty young, about half my age or whatever. Um, but I grew up in church. I like, I knew the stories. I knew all the things. Um, Elijah was obviously my favorite Bible character because um, he's really cool and he's got my name so or I got his name um, <laughs> grew up in church, I volunteered, did all the things but eventually, you know, I hit that wall probably about freshman year where I was no longer learning anything new about God you know, I, I, I figured it out it was kind of like, you know, yeah, you know, praise God if someone would have asked me, you know, do you love Jesus? I'd be like, absolutely, yeah, easy But I wasn't pressing into him anymore. I wasn't looking for the next thing. I got, I settled, for lack of a better term. I needed, at the time, to come as I wanted to be. I needed to come and look for what's next. But I didn't. So what happens? I start living my own truth. I start figuring stuff out on my own, you know? Because obviously I'm not getting it from God no more. I'm not not getting you know, anything new or anything fresh. So I'm gonna start bringing stuff, some stuff out on my own. So, you know, through high school, like I dealt with all, dude, If he, I was a mess. I don't even know. I, the, the God is good because he's delivered me from all that and he's changed my life drastically and I praise him for it every day. But I was a mess. And eventually I switched sides. I came to the point where I needed to come as I was and not be feeling the shame and the regret and the pain of the stuff I was carrying, what I needed was to come and receive that forgiveness. So we got a cute visual for you guys real quick. Um, You throw up the the forgiveness thing. So what I I drew was people that need to come as they are, or Kai, the people that we're trying to reach or whatever, if you haven't been in church, maybe you haven't been in church in a while, maybe you, for whatever reason, this is your first time here, and you're like, I don't even know why I'm here. Forgiveness is ultimately the end game goal for people that need to come as they are. People that need to know that the shame or whatever that they feel is not going to stop them from getting this. Amen? Amen. Word? On the other side, people need to come as they want to be. They're searching for love. And what I mean by that is these people, I say these people. You and I, you know, like the good Christians that come every week and do all the, the cool things, they volunteer and stuff, we gotta be careful in that, and this is gonna be, for, for some of y'all, it's gonna be a weird, but this is, this, is a, this is a young term. Falling out of love with Jesus. What I mean by that is, you've met him, I know you guys have. I'm sure like 95% of y'all are saved Christians and you've, you've had your own experiences with God. But when was the last time you asked them, you know, what's next? Or you took it back to that place where you're like, you know what? I do love Jesus, and I still do. This group of people, people need to come as they want to be, need to have the love of God in them so that we can look at these groups of people with love and forgiveness for what they're doing. It's the same thing. Because as I continue to look At these groups of people, I started to realize that they're not two separate groups. We're both the same. We're both looking for the same thing. No amount of knowing who Jesus is or maybe thinking you know who Jesus is is ever going to be enough for ourselves. We still need to pursue God's love and forgiveness. And no amount of anything we could ever do over here will stop us from getting that but the connection has to be made for both people. And that's what, to me, the heart of what this Kaya thing is. We can come like we have been, week after week and year after year, and do the church thing. And there's technically nothing wrong with that. You know, church is epic. Church is my favorite place to be. I'm here seven days out of the week, pretty much. I love seeing you guys, you guys are my, you guys are my family. Like, That's where I want to be. But I never want to get to that place where I think to myself, there's nothing else. You know? And this is is our mission, bro. We talk about it like week after week. I think pastors done a really good job of talking about, you know, how it's not about any amount of worthiness or any amount of, you know, whatever that makes us, you know, able to do God's work. We're doing God's work because God chose us to do it. Now it's our time to stop singing the church songs and live it. Amen. <laughs> so the other day I was like scrolling on my phone. There's this app called TikTok. How many of y'all are on TikTok? You know what I'm talking about, TikTok? Okay, yeah, cool. If you don't know what it is, it's fine. You're not missing anything. It's, it's just it's this really stupid app and it, it's... <laughs> It's a time suck is what it is. I spend way too much time on TikTok. But anyways, there's a video of this guy and he's talking about water. He's got, he's got, he does this illustration and it has pretty much nothing to do with what I'm about to say. I just wanted to let you guys know. There's a dude out there on TikTok saying these things. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna use that. So I got this glass of water. How, any guesses about how much this weighs? Anyone, like, yeah, So, uh, nothing, right? It, it's, this is nothing. I mean, your youth pastor's pretty swole, so like this definitely isn't anything, but like it, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that heavy. So what I'm trying to say. Um, so if I were to stand here for like 30 seconds and like just hold it out in front of me, it's not, I'm not gonna like get tired, you know? It's just a cup of water. Let's say like, 30 minutes go by. Probably going to get a little bit tired, right? Like it's gonna get like kinda heavy. Let's say you come back here like tomorrow night. I'm probably gonna be like pass out on the floor trying to like, you know. <laughs> this isn't getting any heavier. It's just I'm getting tired of holding it. This represents everything keeping us from either a coming as we are or as we want to be. This is a little bit of, the little bit of anxiety, with a little bit of depression, a little bit of anger, a little bit of whatever, fill in the blank. That starts off, you know, dumb, and like, after like five seconds of holding it, it's not really a big deal. But the longer you hold on to it, the heavier it gets. The longer we come to church and just do the church thing, the harder it gets to press into what God has for us because we stop looking for it. The longer we hold on to the shame or guilt that we feel about what we've done, the harder it gets to live our lives and eventually it can destroy us. Praise God it won't because Jesus is awesome, but like, if you don't know that and you're only focusing on this, this is gonna get really heavy. And the cool thing is, you know, I can sit here and like death grip this as long as I want and hold it as long as I feel like I need to. But the act of like putting it down is just as easy as picking it up. This takes little to no effort. It's not that difficult. It's like you said, like six ounces of water. It's not heavy. God's forgiveness is not difficult to obtain. It's not like you gotta like follow some kind of you know, it's, it's as simple as, it says it in, um, what's my verse? I'm so sorry. Can you throw up my verse up there? It's First Peter. Yes, okay. It's Psalm. Is it Psalms? Psalm 55, 22. I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the mattress to be moved. This is what we got to do. It's, it's a, God is literally telling us, put down your cup. Put down whatever it is that you may be dealing with. Put down whatever amount of maybe church pride you may feel in your security. And either A, pursue him in a new way. Look for something unexpected. Or B, come to know someone that you have maybe felt like you could never meet because something you've done. He's saying cast your burden on him and he will sustain you. No matter how big this gets, this could be a gallon of water. This could be, you know, a water tower. It doesn't matter. In God's eyes, it's nothing. I'm a, we got a really cool um, little video for you guys here in a second. Um, one of our youth, her name is Sapphire. If you haven't met Sapphire or had a great opportunity to talk to her, she's awesome. Uh, yeah, she's great. Um, but, This year, in youth, we've really been pushing, you know, that each one of us have a story. We've all got a testimony. I don't care how tiny it is or how tiny you think it is. You've got no idea whose lives it could impact, you know? So we've really been encouraging them to tell their story and share it with people. And Sapphire came to me a couple weeks ago. I was like, hey, I want to share my testimony. And I was like, praise God, hallelujah. So we shot a little video, and we're going to play it for you here in just a second. But before I do... I would ask that, like, you really listen to what it is she has to say. Obviously, like, listen because, you know, we're going to show it to you guys. But, like, listen to the words she says in her video. And you'll see what I mean here in a second. But you guys can go ahead and show that.
1: Okay. Well, you know what? Okay. Got this. Okay. My name is Sapphire. I'm 15. Oh, no. I'm 16. Can you redo this? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sapphire. I'm 16. And... I'm in 10th grade and I first, I would say I first met Jesus or like, I don't know. I first met him when I was 15. Back in sixth grade, I met Mary and me and her didn't have friends or at least I didn't. (laughs) And we both sat by each other on at the lunch table and then we both like became like best friends. I don't really know how that happened, Jesus. But um, anyways, fast forward to like eighth grade and seventh grade. I was like into doing really bad stuff. I was like vaping, drinking, like I did stuff that people my age shouldn't do. And I got in with like the wrong kind of friend group, I guess. Mary kept inviting me to church, but I like went to church before and I didn't really like them. I didn't understand why people went. So when Mary like invited me at first, I kind of just said like, oh, I have homework. Like, I don't know. Fast forward to ninth grade, Over the summer Mary's like, you have to come. Like, you have to be here. Like the church here is just so good. So I just decided to give it a try. And I did. And I love it here. I don't know, I would say I first like started to know Jesus whenever um I just felt like maybe I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And I knew that if it kept like going this way that something might happen and I loved my life. I loved doing those things. But like, whenever I met Jesus, I felt like I didn't need to do those things to be happy. Like I could know Jesus to be happy instead of like doing all those bad things. And like back then, I didn't think I knew Jesus, but all I knew was that He knew me. So I just felt like if I was just leaning on Him instead of all those bad things I used to do, then life would be better. And it did. It got so much better. And I used to be scared to raise my hand in worship. Like that was one thing that always scared me. And then like I saw Mary do it, I saw Sarah do it, I saw Christina do it, I saw everyone do it. And I don't know, once I did it, it just felt like something new like came inside me, I guess. And like ever since then, like my school life has been like, I'm more social. I used to not talk at all. I used to be the quiet kid and I would be like sad in the back of class or something. But now that I know Jesus, like, I'm just social, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, I feel like I always see God trying to let me know that I need to tell other people about Jesus. I need to, like, give them the experience that I have. So I try to invite people to church. I try to let them know, like, I send them Bible scriptures or anything that sticks out to me so that maybe they can feel what I feel because I feel so happy at church. That's all like that's where I wanna be all the time. So I wanted like other people to feel like me. So I feel like God always shows me that maybe people need it. And I've had a few friends who like come up to me and they're like so thankful that I invited them because like their life has changed. Just like mine. Um, I don't know. I just say, I know people are going to push on you to go to church and like, it's not always a bad thing. It's always, it's always a good thing. It's never a bad thing. So I don't know, just accept Jesus. That's what got me through everything. That's just, I don't know. My life has changed ever since then. So surround yourself with good people, good people who know Jesus. And can help you learn more about Jesus and God. So, yeah.
0: Sapphire Man, we love you. You're awesome. Thank you for your boldness, 100%. I'm gonna thank you in front of everybody for the thousandth time. You're awesome. And I hope and I pray that the words she spoke touch y'all's hearts as well because she's living the life that we're talking about. She, sensed, she said it in the video. She liked who she was. It took that moment of like realizing that God had something more for her versus where she was at. She came as she was. She said, Mary, also shout out to Mary, that she invited Sapphire to church, was a huge light in Sapphire's life, was a friend to her. What I've seen here is that Mary came as she wanted to be. She knew what was next for her, and that was inviting someone to church. And she did. And then Sapphire came as she was and met the real Jesus that said, come because I have forgiveness and I have love and I have peace for everybody, including you. That's all this is about. This is the heart of what Kaya is. The reason why we're doing this is not to, you know, flex our home church muscles and say, hey, we can do a really cool event. It's to give you guys an opportunity come as you want to be, come to church, enjoy it. It's going to be awesome. But if I'm keeping it, like, keeping it transparent with y'all, I want to see some new people. I want to see a room full of people that want to come as they are and experience the same faithfulness and love that you guys once did. You know? And as I'm tying this up, <laughs> There's a story in the Bible i want going to talk to you here in a second, but how many of y'all, are you guys like, any of y'all were like pretty good at math in school? Anybody was good at math? I am really, really, really bad at math. Um, I, by the grace of God, I got through high school. I've got no idea how it happened. Numbers are not my thing. I, I'm not very good at it. But. We have someone on staff her name is uh miss robin she's our uh i our numbers lady she does really good with numbers i am really bad at it i could never have her job she does a great job it's just not me bro i can't do it but i'm going to try to do some some number things with y'all here in a second so if it doesn't make any sense i really apologize but to me it does so i'm going to try my very best um back when we had kaya volume one back in september with our teenagers Um, We average about like every week, about like 20, 20, 21, 22 youth that come on a Wednesday night. Um, Shameless plug, if you're a teenager and you haven't come on a Wednesday night, come check us out. We're a lot of fun. Um, Or if you know a teenager that hasn't been, we're pretty cool. Um, But we have about 20, 21 students that come every week. And for Kaya, the first time around, we like really pushed, you know, like invite your friends, invite your friends. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're not going to miss anything. And like i said it was our biggest night since then we had about 45 students it was awesome um and from those 45 students we had three salvations and nine rededications that night and it was epic yeah that's some pretty cool numbers you know that's from 45 kids to have you know a response of 12 people either a meeting jesus for the first time or coming back to him that's pretty epic now, yeah, actually, yeah, let's give it up for those people because they're awesome. Um, so I'm gonna, <laughs> on a Sunday, we average about like 160 a Sunday. That's, that's pretty good, you know, that's 160 people that have come to be part of my family and hopefully I've become part of yours, but it's about 160 people. Can you imagine, just for like two seconds, and this is about as far as my math goes, If we all, let's say each and every one of you guys that are here today, let's say there are 160 of you guys, you guys all invite one person to one of these days, that is 320 people, I think, right? 320 people. That's double. So when we had our kids double in size, we had three salvations, nine rededications from 45 people. If we have 320 people in here, bro, think about... The response, the call to action to receive Jesus or come back to him. Statistically, if you're a sciencey person or a math person, you're gonna get a response. And the Bible says that heaven rejoices over the one person that comes back. And I gotta believe out of 320 people, that one person's gonna say something. So why not expect that? Why not instead of being comfortable with, Look, I I love you guys. Like I said, y'all my family. But I want to see some new family members, bro. And if if you're like, oh, you're just talking about attendance or you're just like, I'm about to put that argument to shame. There's a story in the Bible of um, Jesus. I think it's in Luke 5. uh, Jesus coming and meeting uh, Peter and Andrew, some of his disciples for the first time. And as the story goes... Um, Jesus comes up uh, to the sea that they've been like fishing at, or whatever. Because Andrew and Peter were fishermen, that was their that was their thing. And the Bible says, and this is cute. It says there were there were two boats like docked up. First of all, Jesus chose to get in Peter and Andrew's boat. Jesus chooses to get in your boat. It wasn't just oh okay, Peter and Andrew were here. I'm gonna get in this boat. He had a choice. It wasn't just them. Jesus said, I'm going to get in your boat. And long story short, at the, end of, at the end of this, Peter and Andrew decided to come and follow Jesus. Jesus asked them to come and follow me. And they said, absolutely. But before then, Peter and Andrew had been fishing all night. Oof been fishing all night long they've been coming to church every week for years they weren't doing anything wrong they were just fishing and they didn't catch anything all night they were just doing their job you and I come to church every week every Sunday for years maybe this is your first time here you come to church that's awesome you did not do anything wrong Jesus isn't saying you know how dare you come to church but if I'm being transparent with y'all, I've been coming to church for a long time and I'm ready for something new. I'm ready to start seeing lives. I'm ready to start seeing the miracles. I'm ready to start seeing people receive Jesus. I'm ready to start seeing all these things. I'm not saying they're not happening. But I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of fishing and not seeing a catch. You know what I'm saying? So what does Jesus do? He gets in your boat this is this is our boat. Home, the SS Home Church. That's what we called it the other day. We actually gave that analogy in youth the other day. But this is our boat. Jesus is here. He chose to be here. The same way he chose you guys. And what I'm seeing is that Home Church has been fishing for a long time. If you know anything about our church history, we've been, we've been around for a minute. Home Church is new, but you guys, you guys know the story. We're, we're not... We're not new to anything. We've been fishing for a long time. And what Jesus does, he, he goes, hops in the boat, and he says, push out one more time. And Peter's initially like, why? we have been doing this all night long, bro, like 12 long hours of just fishing. And that's like physical work. And Jesus is like, just, just trust me. Just go out one more time. So they do, and um, Jesus says, Cast out your nets for a catch. And Peter's like, Bro, you're crazy. But he does it. And lo and behold, Jesus shows up, and they've got the biggest catch like ever. So much so that they got a call over like their homies from the other boat say, Hey, come help. We got so many fish. Their boat's sinking, their boat's tossing and turning. It's going crazy. They got all these fish coming out of nowhere. And Peter's like, Holy cow, like, this guy must be legit. This, got, this has got to be Jesus. Like, I'm not expecting that. But had Peter been expecting it, don't you think he would have brought his biggest boat, his biggest net, all his friends to say, hey, I'm going to need help because Jesus is going to come and I'm going to have a really big catch. And I want to take as much of these fish with me as I possibly can. I don't know about y'all. But for Kaya, for this church, I want to cast a big net because I'm expecting a big catch. And the thing is, Peter couldn't do it by himself. He needed his friends. I need y'all to be on board with this boat with us because we're ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm excited to see the catch of the day. But I can't, I can't do it by myself, you know? I want to see people come as they are. I want to see people come as they want to be. I want to see you guys have those life-changing experiences. I want to see new people have those experiences. But it starts with taking our church songs, taking what it is we've grown up to learn, and doing it.